Hello, 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 Bill Lowen. How you doing, buddy? Elite champion, Pickwick Lake 2021. Congratulations. Thank you, sir. Hey, uh, Steve's on. Uh, he just had to reboot his computer, so uh, don't be alarmed that it's me instead of him. Uh, no, it's, it's all good. <laughs> but uh, we're happy to have you on the show, Bill. Really excited. And uh, we will uh, kind of get rolling here. Uh, just kind of kind of follow the chat for a minute until Steve hops on, and then we will uh, we'll kind of get going officially. So, how have you been? Good. Can't complain. Good, good. You look good. And uh, how's how, how's things now that uh, you're in uh, decompress mode, right? Well, it's uh, it's been a little interesting. <clears throat> you know, we got home from the New York deal and ended up catching the crazy COVID thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we fought that for like 30 days, but um, everything's good now. That COVID scary. There's two NPFL anglers that have died recently from COVID. Yeah. You know, it is. It's a nasty mess. I know that for sure. Yeah. Did you know either of those guys, Skeeter or uh, what's the other guy's name? Just looking at that today. I did. I did not know either one of them. Seem like really, really good guys. Diehard fishermen, boy. It's it's a it's a rough, rough deal. Yes, sir. It sure is. Do not understand why it's taken so many good people. All right. We got people in here saying hi to you. I don't know. Can you see the comments? I can. Okay, good. Good. If, uh, while we're going through the show, we kind of look, if you ever see anything on there, you just want to shout out to anybody, help yourself. It doesn't bother us at all. And if you don't want to, that's great too. Right. <laughs> I don't know if I'm talented enough to look at the camera and read the messages all at the same time. Man, it is. It's a little tricky. It is a little tricky <laughs> trying to pull that off for sure. Uh, but Tom says hi. Uh, Kyle Mollett, you know, dollar bill, dollar barrel in the house. Right. Yeah. Move this out here a little bit. <clears throat> yeah, you can see you pretty good. All right. So uh, you got any, uh, I know you're a deer hunter. I, I know you're, that's, that's a, part of your life you got uh got hunting plans coming up you know typically that's what our hey there he is Dude! <laughs> all right let's move sorry there how we go good? now we got it there there's my go. boy yes sir how are you buddy? <laughs> good man i'm so happy to see you i'm happy to be here okay keep going sorry yeah we uh, we were talking about deer hunting and all that but yeah typically that's what our fall um, revolves around, um, you know, I'm probably honestly a bigger waterfowl hunter than I am a deer hunter. I love to really? hunt, um, huh. and I'll bow hunt till duck and goose season starts and then, uh, duck and goose hunt the rest of the year. Um, but regardless of, you know, whatever we're doing, it's always something in the outdoors. Um, so yeah, this fall is a, you know, a decompressed time. Um, going to be a long fall since we got finished so early. Um, but I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So, as far as waterfowl goes, um, what, what's your, uh, what's your flavor of choice? Mostly um, ducks. It doesn't matter as long as they got web feet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you live in Indiana, right? I do. Yeah. So what's the, where, where do you go? I mean, where's the, where's the good, uh, good waterfowl hunting spots in that area? You know, right here where I'm at, um, it's really close to a, 
the Ohio River, and we got three rivers that come together, the Ohio, the Whitewater, and the Great Miami. Um, typically, when I'm local, um, that's where I'm at. But I do a lot of traveling, too, um, to Arkansas and places like that. Um, like I said, I'd rather waterfowl hunt, I think, than do anything. Gotcha. Well, that's, uh, that's cool. I mean, you know, everybody that uh, loves to fish loves the outdoors no matter what. And uh, it's it's true for me. I do a little duck hunting with one of the guys from work here. And, uh, but I take advantage of fishing when the, when the hunting's going on. I'm, well, you know, typically that's when nobody's <laughs> on the lake because everybody's sitting right. in a tree or that's right. That's right. That's right. So I really enjoy that. Uh, although I have had a few, uh, a few years, a couple years, in fact, last year or two years ago, I almost got shot. I had a bullet fly right past my head. I mean, literally inches, uh, during hunting season while I was on the water. That was wow. scary. That was yeah, scary. They do that to us when we get on the lagoon. When they go duck hunting, they uh, try to, you know, try to give us a little warning shot. Look, we're over here. You need to not go red fishing in this area. Well, look, when you're in them decoys and they ain't moving, there's a really good chance they're not real. <laughs> Those things just stay on the side. They need to stay away from. It. That's what you're right. saying. <laughs> so how yeah. how's the family? How's uh, how's everyone doing up there? Uh, everybody's doing good. I know you missed out on the beginning of the segment, but we got we caught the COVID and uh, we fought that for like 30 days, um, you know, pretty much right after we got back from New York. But other than that, um, everybody's great, you know. Did you, you didn't get it from what I'm calling iCOVID instead of iCast? Well, <laughs> that's a long story. That's all uh, I'm going to say. I didn't really? go to iCast, but you I didn't. got sick from somebody that went to iCast. <laughs> I mean, in, in all honesty, I don't know many people who didn't get sick after right. ICAST. And, it, it you know, I, I got vaccinated, so I didn't get sick. But I know, you know, Marcella, right. uh, I oh, think. Yeah. So Marcella got sick and got her boyfriend sick. And and then uh, it was just seemed like everyone got sick. So it was, why didn't you come down for ICAST out of curiosity? Were you just being safe? Well, no, you know, not necessarily. Um, you know, a lot of my sponsors really much said, hey, look. If, if you ain't going to come, we, you know what, don't, don't come if you don't want to come. So, um, I took advantage of that and we stayed on Lake Ontario for like 10 days and caught big smallmouth every day. Um, so yeah, that's one of the first diecasts I believe that I've ever missed. So um, yeah, it was a little weird. Felt like he was doing something wrong. Yeah. I, I, I remember walking around and thinking, oh, I'm going to see Bill somewhere around here and right. say hello. And then I'm, and then I kept walking and I'm like, Maybe he's working a booth, and then every time I went to one of your, the places I knew was one of your sponsors, I'm like, he ain't here. And then I you thought, know, oh. If I would have went, I probably wouldn't have got sick. <laughs> well, I don't, know about, <laughs> I don't know about that, man. <laughs> it, it, uh, it seemed like everyone got sick. Right. Uh, so, sorry, sorry. Talking, just speaking, uh, COVID, uh, you know, we, this, it started last year. Have you had to change how you fish over the last two years because of what's going on? You know, not really. Um, you know, you know me and you know my family well enough as most of everything we do revolves around the outdoors. You know what I mean? Yeah. So unless we're at, at a family function or something, you know, we're typically outside in nature. Um, so, and, and you know, as far as the fishing goes, um, you know, I'm very fortunate that we camp everywhere we go. So I don't have mm -hmm. to worry about the hotels and things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's crazy. You know what I mean? It's just like, 
we're all trying to figure out what's going on and nobody knows what the heck's going on. You know, yeah. I think we're all in the same boat. Um, so yeah, I think it's, it's one of them situations where you're damned if you do and damned if you don't. Yeah. yeah so, go ahead. I was just going to say, speaking of COVID, Bill, uh, the other elite anglers we've had on and talked to, one of the questions we've been asking them is uh, how you like the uh, this year where they, they dropped a tournament due to COVID? Um, you know, I can understand um, why they did it. You know what I mean? Um, mm -hmm. The drop actually, when it first came out, it hurt me a lot. It dropped me a bunch in the standings. Oh, did it? Um, but you got to, you know what, you got to catch them every day, regardless of if they drop a tournament or not. Um, so I, I, I got, I guess I kind of got mixed emotions about the drop tournament. Mm -hmm. um, I understand totally why they did, um, but I'd like to have points for every event that we fished. Gotcha. I think, uh, is this the, this is the first year they've ever done that, right? I believe so. It was a little odd that they did it because in some instances it helped, like it helped Cox. Uh, yeah, some like I said, some guys it helped, some guys it hurt. Now, yeah, I still wouldn't have qualified for the classic even with the drop, um, so that didn't hurt me as far as that goes. Um, but when you see, you know, you think, oh, I'm going to drop my worst tournament, I'm going to move up a little bit. Well, when I dropped like I did, I was like, holy moly! But like I said, once again, that isn't why I didn't qualify for the classic. So um, I'm not trying to use that as an excuse by no means. Since this whole Major League Fishing three years ago, the new crop of banglers that have come into the elites, did you did you think that these guys, these new guys that would come in, were just going to be as good as they are? I mean, some of these guys are just ridiculous. Well, you know, I'm going to put it like this, and I've said this from day one of my career. Um, there's always going to be um that next kevin van dam if you want to say it like that okay um and let's face it there's a lot of guys out there that are going to chase this dream and never have the opportunity to live it you know what mm -hmm. i mean um so what i have said since day one is what this did was give those guys that may not ever had a chance to come an opportunity um and i'm going to tell you like you said they are as good as it gets you know what i mean yeah. um now that uh, it seems like when you make it to the elites, everybody's as good as it gets. But man, this crop that has come here in the last couple of years, um, every one of them are hammers. Yeah. So now, now that that now that the three years, the first three years now is over, um, a lot some of these new guys are are discovering how hard it is to stay consistent. You know, year by year by year. Uh, how, how have you been able to manage it for so long? Because you've been on the elites now sixteen years. Is that right? Yeah, fifteen or sixteen, something like that. You're trying to make me feel old. 16, by the way. We've known yeah. each other for 12 years. Right, right. You know, yeah. and I always hate to keep harping on the Ohio River, um, you know, but that's where I was born and raised. That's where I cut my teeth. Heck, when I was a kid, I could walk from my house to the Ohio River in about 10 minutes um, and fish in the marina. So, I, I mean, what the Ohio River did for me was teach me how to catch what I believe is one of the toughest fisheries in the country, um, but figure out how to catch them consistently on the Ohio River. Um, and all I've done, mm -hmm. honestly, is just take what I've learned here and carry it with me to the elites. I mean, y'all know that I'm a shallow water angler and I yep. go in the mud and mm -hmm. my trolling motor's not turning up mud. I, I'm, I don't want to be fishing there. Mm -hmm. um, you know, my very first year on tour, that's exactly what I did. All my buddies said, man, how are you going to go fish the elites? You've never been anywhere 
tip pretty much away from home. How are you going to do it? And I said, well, I'm just going to go and fish the way that I fish. I mean, I see guys like Danny Brower that made a career fishing shallow with a flipping rod. I'm just going to go play my game. Um, and if it works, it works. And if not, I probably don't deserve to be there. You know, my first year, I think I finished 25th in the points, qualified for the tour. My second year was the worst, one of the worst years I ever had on tour. And I went and I tried to play somebody else's game. I tried to listen to the doc talk. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, I mean, if we were at Kentucky Lake, I'd try to go out there and throw a DD-98 or a King <laughs> X-25 um, out there deep and I'd get my tail kicked. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, so that third year, I told my wife, I said, hey, look, I'll never do this again. I will play my game um, until my career is over. Um, and that's pretty much what I've done. Um, now, I don't – I mean, if I know I got to go offshore and that's where it's going to be, um, go down, then I'll make myself go there. But if I can keep myself up there shallow – um, that's where I'm going to stay. And I've always said, when you're fishing in your comfort zone, you fish the best of your abilities. Um, and I think that's just why I've been able to stay so consistent, um, over so many years. Yeah. Well, and that's really the key to success. Uh, you know, uh, professional fishing for sure is just being able to be consistent and uh, you've really done it. It's, it's quite an accomplishment, quite an achievement for sure. Uh, I know this. I know these answers. This is, that's the horrible thing. But can you tell everybody how you got started in fishing? How was it? Was it your dad, your grandpa? Who who got who took you out and got the bug in you? So my father was a tournament fisherman, um, not on the level that we are here now, yeah. um, but everything pretty much local on the Ohio River. Huh. Um, so he'd carry me along when he was practicing and things like that, um, and that's kind of what got the bug in me you know and then when i got i don't know 15 16 17 old enough to drive and have my own boat or his boat i should say um <laughs> he kind of got out of it a little bit you know and uh, i kind of just took over full speed um huh. so my father was really the one that introduced me to it um and then you know like every fisherman i had people along the way um, when i was younger you know help me out um you know, funny story, that marina I told you that um, I could walk to from my house when I was a kid, there was this guy that would always come in there in this big pretty bass boat, and uh, he'd be tournament fishing. And here we are as kids, you know, 12, 13, 14, we didn't know any better. I'd be standing on the bank with a rooster tail, catching his fish and putting them in a basket. You know, <laughs> so he'd come in there to tournament fish, and here we would have a whole basket full of fish. And uh, long story short, he turned it out to be like one of my best friends and actually one day said, Hey, look, you ever tournament fish? And I was like, no, this was when I was, you know, 14, 15. And he actually took me fishing and kind of, he, uh, how do I say this? He took it to the next level for me, I guess I should say, mm -hmm. um, as far as patterning fish and what to look for and things like that. Um, so yeah, had maybe I never been standing on the bank putting his fish in the basket so we could eat them. Um, we might not be talking today, you know what I mean? But it just seems like along the way for me, I've had so many people um, help me out to get me to the to the elite level. Yeah. Interesting. Very interesting. Go ahead. You want me to go? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Since I won, I'm letting Somebody you go. go. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, somebody go. That somebody awkward go. silence just was there. It was there, wasn't it? Uh, <laughs> one of the things I wanted to ask you, Bill, is uh, – 
you are a shallow water angler. Everybody knows that about you. Uh, you you did an amazing job at Pickwick, and we probably want to ask you some questions about that in a minute. But I was interested in the fact that we have been talking nonstop here the last year or two or three about electronics yeah. and uh, and about all this offshore fishing with the down imaging and side imaging and mega lives and uh, you know all these things uh what uh how do you utilize or do or does it matter for shallow water fishermen uh uh because i think the majority of anglers that are that are fun fishermen we're shallow water guys uh, you know very unless you're unless you live up north and you fish the you know the waters up small not waters up north down here in the Midwest and the South, we fish shallow. Most of us do. <laughs> uh, but we're all going out and buying all these units and spending crap tons of money to, just because everybody's getting them. Uh, but at the elite level, uh, as a shallow water fisherman, I mean, kind of what's your strategy? Uh, how does it impact your, your ability or, or your fishing? You know, it's impacted my fishing tremendously. Because um, like you said, I'm a shallow water guy. I'd run one graph on the dash and one graph on the bow, uh -huh. um, you know, traditional 2D and, and, and let's go. You know, if I wanted yeah. to know how deep it was, I'd stick my rod in the bottom or yeah. stick my rod in the water. Yeah. Go, okay, <laughs> it's four eyes deep. Let's go. Um, <laughs> I'm the guy, honestly, that fought the whole electronics thing. Like, oh, I don't need 360 or, oh, I don't need live. Uh -huh. And then I got 360. And I truly learned how to use it. And it opened my eyes up to even up there shallow, you know, up in that three to six foot deep water. Open my eyes up to truly how many opportunities I was missing by structure that I couldn't see, whether that be a isolated stump or a rock or a lay down or just something. Um, you know, and you actually see me at Pickwick catch a fish off of an isolated lay down that was out there that I had no yeah. idea. Um that that was out there. Now that fish didn't help me, but there's days when that fish would have been golden. Yeah. Um, so like I said, I fought getting the 360 just cause, Oh my God, I don't want to learn something else. And I got it and I learned it. And now there's no way I wouldn't have it on my boat. Um, same thing for the live, the mega live. I'm like, ah, heck man, I don't need that. I got 360. I can go shallow. I can do whatever I want. Well, then I got the mega live and truly learned how to use it and now i'm thinking to myself how can you possibly even not have it you know what i'm saying yeah um, now it's i feel like the mega live is is it going to work all the time maybe not unless mm -hmm. you like that's what you're going to live and die by but i see certain situations where without a doubt um if you don't have mega live or um something like that you're going to get your teeth kicked in um, yeah. you know, so once again, like I said, I was that guy that fought it and said, heck no, man, I don't need that stuff. Um, mm -hmm. once you get it and learn it and that's the biggest hurdle that you got to get over as an angler, especially a shallow water angler is that you got to get it and you got to learn it. You can't just put it on your boat and turn it on every once in a while and say, okay, I got it. Um, but I don't ever use it. So the whole key is to put it on there and learn it. Um, uh, that was another reason we stayed up at Lake Ontario for that 10 extra days. So I could play with my live, um, and really truly learn how to, how to mm -hmm. use it. You know, my son, he's nine. 
and you know the kids know everything about uh, <laughs> electronics and yeah. gaming and everything like that you know so i can see them small mouth out there swimming around at 30 feet and i'm trying to figure out how far of a 30 foot cast i need to make you know i'm like okay the boat's 21 foot long i go nine more feet past that and i'll be right on him well by the time i do that my son's already made the cast and caught the fish i'm like what am, I, what am I even doing up here? Um, you know, the first day that he used it, he actually caught nine off of it before I caught my first one. Wow. Finally, I had to push him down in the bottom of the boat so I could catch one. Fisher in the back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Backbone him. Yep. Okay. Now, I, I'm going to stick with this. Is there is there a point where there's just too much of it, though, and it kind of hurts tournament fishing? Do you have that idea? And... I mean, it just seems like everyone is just bombarded. They have every you have every different unit. Uh, do you first off, is there ever going to be too much? Does it hurt? Do you think it'll ever hurt tournament fishing? And do you think at some point the fish are going to start to to feel those vibrations and or the sounds and that stuff, and it could hurt your fishing? I already feel like we kind of have conditioned some of those offshore fish. I mean, yeah. how many times do you guys talk about? Oh, if you idle over them. Um, you bust the school up or they're just not going to bite and things like that. Um, look, every, to me, every animal in nature, whether that be a deer or a duck or a fish, um, get, get conditioned to things. Um, and I believe that they get conditioned to it. I believe you got to be a lot more stealthy um, about your approach. Um, do I feel like it's going to hurt tournament fishing or, you know, hurt the fisheries? I don't, believe so um what i feel like it's done is it's opened up um especially the lives it's opened up a fish to us that we've never been able to catch before mm -hmm. you know what i mean those fish that have been suspended out there um and been able to hide you know it gives us the opportunity to catch those um and with that being said not only bass fishing crappie fishing um whatever that may be us as anglers need to take the responsibility if you know, I mean, because look, if you can catch every crappie out of a tree, uh, we got to let some of them go. Yeah. You know? um, so us sure. as anglers need to be responsible knowing that because, I mean, I don't want to say you could deplete a thing, but boy, you can sure catch a lot more than you used to be able to because you know exactly where to throw now. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, the genie's already out of the bag, so it's I don't believe it's ever going to be put back in the bag, you mm -hmm. know, so... That was the other reason, like I said, I fought it and fought it and fought it for so long. It's like, hey, man, you're going to have to learn this. You can't um, you can't fight it any longer. Yeah. Yeah, it was good to hear you say that. Um, uh, you know, one of the things we had Jacob Wheeler on and we asked him this question. And one thing that he said that really kind of made me think hard is he said, since this uh, mega live and these and these technologies have come out, he said, I have learned more about bass behavior than ever in my entire career. And that was like a light bulb moment for me where I said, wow, I need to get into this. I need to learn. I need, I probably need to not ignore this as well because uh, anything you can do to learn more about bass behavior, it's going to give you an edge. It's going to help you become a better angler for sure. Absolutely. You know, you see fish do things that you'd have never imagined. Um, and once again, I don't know if that's from, electronics pings or whatever but you actually will see fish swim away from you you know what i mean or you'll present a bait to them and they'll go the opposite direction so i mean it's like hey what's going on here you know what i mean so 
um, like you said, like Jacob said, man, you see things that um, and, and reactions from fish that you typically wouldn't see or you wouldn't even know. Yeah. yeah. I watched an interesting video just the other day from the hook and look guys. Uh, they, you know, they get in the water and, and video, video right. fish Absolutely. behavior. And then they put, they put one up about what fish see underneath mats. Right. You know, you, you look at a mat and you think it's solid thick there and that there's, you know, there's no life under there or how, if you can't get a bait hardly through there, they probably can't see you at all. And so they were under there with the camera and the stuff you could see, they could see your fishing line going across the lily pads. They could fish, see your frog. They could see, I mean, the, the detail that they could see, it, it, it's just amazing how much more it, 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 it's wide open to them. They can see everything, literally everything. I don't think uh, we give them enough credit. Yeah, we probably don't, do we? Yeah, <laughs> we, we don't give them enough credit. We think that they're stupid. That's the problem. We go fishing. Yeah. Like, yeah. Why would anyone eat, like Larry the Cable Guy, Dan says this joke about how, uh, you know, he goes bass fishing. He's like, I've never seen any anything that would have something that's fake dropped up on their face and then open their mouth and eat it thinking it was real. And we, if a pork chop comes down out of the, out of the, out of, out of the sky here, are you going to eat it? Hell no. Maybe. You know what kind of pork chop it is. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, have you? I, do you keep up with the major league fishing stuff? Do you like watch all of the tournament stuff? Because I know you have friends over there. You know, I don't. I guess I'm really not one of them guys that sits around and watches all that stuff. Um, but I will check in and out on it just to see. Because I want to see what kind of weights are being caught and things like oh, yeah. that. Um, just for future events, you know what I mean? Because just because mm -hmm. we're not going there next year don't mean that maybe – we won't be there in two years or three years at that same time. So I want to see kind of what's going on technique wise and weight wise and things like that. Um, just so it kind of gives me a general idea. Have you, have you looked at next year, looking at next year's schedule for the elites going back to a lot of, a lot of familiar places. Is there any place that you're other than that Lake Ohio, whatever it is, Oahu, whatever it is. Oahu. Oahu is that how you say it? Mm -hmm. I, guess, any, I, don't know. I don't know either. I, I, I look, you know, I looked at the schedule and was like, there's a lot, you're going back to a lot of places. Have you looked at it and thought, okay, I'm really excited about this place. And what is that place? You know, if I had to say a place that, that excites quick. me to go, go back to would be uh, the Mississippi river. At okay. Um, I just really like that place. Um, sometimes it kicks my butt, but it's just a place that I just really like, you know, the, just the scenery, the fishery, everything about it. But, um, you've probably heard me say this before is I don't really try to get too wrapped up in where we're going and the events and things like that. Um, I feel like at least for me that if I try to plan or try to say, look, when I get to Oahe, this is what I'm going to do. Um, yeah. if I, if I try to do that, that hurts me. Okay. So what I've always done in my career is, and you know, you hear I can Ellie say this all the time. I want to show up and I want to fish the moment. I want to fish the conditions that we have at that time because typically there's the, the chance of it being the same as it was last time you were there, mm -hmm. pretty much slim to none. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. so I've always been that guy that um, shows up with no preconceived notion and uh, I try to fish the conditions. Yeah, I understand that. So um, 
as far as uh, the schedule goes, you've got basically a tournament that starts in February and then one that ends in August. Uh, it, Long year. It, yeah. Uh, I, I mean, are, are you happy about that? Or do you, do you I mean, is that kind of in your wheelhouse or would you like to see shorter season, more tournaments, less tournaments? Uh, I'd, I'd love to see more tournaments. Um, you know, oh. I'm the kind of guy that once I get going, I don't want to stop. You know, I, mean, okay. I don't want to break. Um, let's just keep rolling. But I would love to see us fish later into the year, kind of like we did um, last season, you know, where we fished all the way into, I believe it was November. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Oh, to, yeah, me, yeah. to me, the hardest times of the year to catch a fish are August, September, and October during that transitional period. Um, and those are the days when 12 pounds a day are typically really good, unless you go to Lake Fork or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, for me, man, I'd love to see – the season go longer, um, definitely into the fall. Um, but it could stop right before deer season or duck season. <laughs> yeah. Right. right. It, uh, do when you have that, that later schedule, do you like it that you're, because you're fishing more consistently that you feel like you're, you're in the groove of fishing instead of having those four or five week breaks where you're like, come on, let's just, can we tie it in a little bit tighter? Is that how you feel? Yeah, pretty much. Um, if, as long as I keep going wide open 100%, I'm good. But if you throw a four- or five-week break on me, man, and get me out of my rhythm, um, I'm like an old car. It just kind of takes me a while to get back going. Are you? Uh, do you fish a lot of the opens uh, regularly? I know yeah. I've seen you at some of the opens. I've fished some opens. I don't fish a lot. Um, I don't think I've ever fished a whole series of an opens uh, okay. since I started um, back in 06. Um, I just jump in one here and jump in one there. I okay. talked about doing that last year and I talked about doing it this year and I just didn't, um, you know, I'm on the road so much and the wife and the kids are always with me that, um, you know, the opens is another big commitment. Um, it's a lot more time on the road and things like that. So for sure. I don't know. It's kind of, I always toss it up in the air every year. Am I going to try to fish them or not? Um, and once again, this year, I'm still, I'm thinking about, are we going to try to fish them next year? You know, so um we'll just have to wait and see how that all plays out right on you made a a a big change this year changing into that uh express boats powered by yamaha of course our great friend brad but let's just give a little hat tip to brad right now (laughs) uh and uh what how how, i mean that's gonna make you a lot shallower running in that boat but uh, what was the the thought process and was it was it to get shallower and have that not as you know deep water deep running boat so this is actually my fourth year is it running an express absolutely yeah yeah Yeah. what the hell where you been at huh i asked brad this question personally i said did he just switch he goes he just switched i'm like no four four years ago (laughs) yeah then why did you make the switch then because what were you in before that so i was in a skeeter prior to that okay um great boat skeeter yamaha Yeah. Um, to me, it was a, it was a career choice. Um, but with that being said, it was, I think we've all as anglers grew up fishing in an aluminum boat. Mm -hmm. Um, and if you didn't, you were pretty fortunate to not have to fish out of an aluminum boat back in the day. Um, that's what I grew up fishing in a 16 foot Lowy with a 35 horse Johnson on it or an Evinrude. I can't even remember what that was. That's what my dad tournament fished out of here on the Ohio river. Um, but what it did for me was it 
Well, first off, let's back up a little bit. I went and took a test ride in a X21, which is what I run now. Yeah. And I had concerns. Was it going to be tippy? Was it, was the wind going to blow it everywhere? Was it, you know, was the whole family going to be able to walk around in it without somebody falling out? How is it going to handle rough water? You know, what was the whole shot going to be? You know, I had all those questions. Um, and I went and met with those guys and took a ride and I spent about an hour in it and I was, uh, I was shocked. I was amazed. Every concern that I had was gone. And I literally had the guy that I was with. I said, take me back to the dock. We got to pick up Jennifer and the kids. I got to get him in here. I got to let them run around like squirrels and see what they think. Right. Yeah. So I went and picked them up and we played around and I was like, we can do this. You know, it's a barge. Yeah. I'm like, this is, this is, this is nice. This is not your grandpa's John boat. This is not your traditional flat bottom boat. You know, and those, those of you that don't know, um, the boat has a padded hull under it, which is, I mean, if you flip the Skeeter over and you flip the express over, they're going to look exactly like any fiberglass boat out there. Okay. So with that pad hull design, um, it's not your traditional flat bottom John boat. So you don't, you get the performance of a glass boat. You don't get beat up like a flat bottom boat. You get the ride of a fiberglass boat. And I tell everybody, I said, look, I can put you in this boat and blindfold you and take you for a ride. And there's no way that you could tell, um, you're in a glass boat or you're, you're in an aluminum boat. You, you just, you can't tell the difference. Um, I've been on every great lake there is with that boat. I've been in big waters, um, waters you shouldn't be in. Um, I've made the longest runs of my career um, in the express boat. You know what I mean? Um, so with that being said, um, I've never been in a situation in that boat where I've said, man, you've really got yourself in a pickle now. Um, you know, one of the quotes I made one time is that I'd drive that thing across the ocean. Um, I'd just be afraid of getting ate by a shark. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, but what it does for me is it lets me fish free. Let's me fish in my comfort zone. I don't have to worry about, you know, fiberglass repair. Typically every year I was doing two or $3,000 worth of fiberglass repair that I had to do to, you know, to sell that boat at the end of the year. Cause I don't want to give somebody something that's tore up. Um, so with that being said, it lets me fish freely, lets me fish my style. Um, I always say I go as far as I used to go, but now I go even farther um, because I'm not worried about it. You know, I'm not worried about tearing my boat up. And I'm pretty sure one day it's going to get me in trouble because I'm going to get stuck somewhere, low tide, sandbar or something. Um, but yeah, it's just like I said, it lets me go and fish the way that I want to fish. And once again, when you fish the way that you fish in your comfort zone, um, you're going to fish the best of your abilities. I fished one of the opens with Harvey Horn and, uh, I was really amazed by that express boat he drives and he drives it hard, hard, hard. He, you know, he, he doesn't even, he doesn't, he doesn't even pretend he's like, he he's a, listen, this is a tool. It's one of my major tool in my toolbox and I'm going to wear it out. And, uh, man, that day we rode together, he flat out tried. I can tell you that. But, uh, but, uh, very, very impressed with the ride on that, on those boats and the stability and the fishability of them. They're, they're great. I did want to ask you though, because I've seen a lot in the forums, not in regards to express boats, but in regards to these new aluminum boats, I'm seeing a lot of comments about stress fractures and stuff on some of the other brands. You ever had any problem or any issues on the express in that regard? So let me tell you a quick story. Um, I've not had a single weld break, a crack or anything like that. Um, I might not be as hard as Harvey Horn on my boat. Um, 
but I, I, I'm not afraid. I mean, if there's four footers, we're going, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so at Lake Fork, was it last year? Um, I believe it was last year at Lake Fork. During practice on the last day, which would have been a Wednesday, I'm running up the lake about 45 mile an hour. And, you know, if you've ever been on Lake Fork, there's buoy lines everywhere. Um, and I was kind of out in what they consider the clear zone. Um, and I was just off to the side of one of the channel marker buoys. And uh, like I said, I was running about 45 mile an hour. And all of a sudden, the boat basically goes straight up in the air. Um, so I'd hit one of those standing trees that was out in the lake. And mm-hmm. The lake was down pretty much. Um, so the boat went, it didn't go straight up, but it almost like you were kind of ramping, right? Wow. And that stump or tree hit the back of that boat. It threw the back end of the boat up in the air, and I was basically airborne. So, and I was by myself, right? Because I didn't have anybody in there with mm-hmm. me. And that boat went right side heavy, and I thought it was going to go over. Um, and thank God that nose came down. Um, and I sat there for a few minutes, like, what the hell just happened? And I was waiting for bilge pumps to come on and, and things like that. And mm-hmm. uh, that never happened. So I said, well, heck, let's see if this thing will get on pad. So I went and I put her on pad. And I could tell right when it started to plane over, the prop started to cavitate. So I knew I'd done a lot of damage to the hull. Mm-hmm. And uh, I practiced the rest of the day. because one leaking. And I put it on the trailer. And at this point, my boss at Express already knew that what I'd done. So... He was in route with another boat because we didn't know what the heck was going to be like when I got to the when I got to the uh, ramp. So Jennifer back in picked me up. I put it on the trailer and I crawled up underneath of it, and it basically had a tunnel in it like this from the wow. keel all the way to the drain plug, right Holy all God. the way down the boat. Oh and my goodness! There wasn't a single weld broke. There wasn't any cracks. There wasn't anything wrong with the hull except for it had a, a cave down it. You know. A tunnel. And uh, my boss shows up with the, with the other boat, and he's like, here you go. I was like, I ain't fishing out of that. And he's like, well, why not? I said, this thing, it, you know, so normally it's a 70-mile-an-hour boat. Uh-huh, yeah. So it run about 59 at this point. Um, I said, heck, man, this is Lake Fork. I don't need to go fast. And <laughs> now that I got the bottom all beat up, I go through the timber as fast as I want. <laughs> um, so I actually fished the whole event out of that boat. Um, so... You know, that just showed to me how truly strong that hull is. Um, I'd hate to see if it had been a glass boat, what would have happened. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Geez. You know, in that event, there was a bunch of glass boats that got the backs of them blew out from hitting stumps and things like that. Um, I just know if it would have been a glass boat, it would have been really, really ugly. Uh, Man. Not that it wasn't ugly in that, but at least I got to, you know what I mean, in the situation, I could have fished the tournament out of the deal, and, and I did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you have the sea deck on yours, or you do carpet? I got Sea Deck, and let me tell you, I'll be honest with you, I, I don't believe I'll ever own another boat with carpet in it. I agree. Um, it's know, not good, huh? Everybody has the concerns of, you know, is it hot? And, you know, my kids run around on mine, and I got one of the darkest colors you can get before you get the black. Huh. And I've never once heard them say their feet are hot. Um, keep, keeping it clean is so easy. You take it to the car wash and spray it out. But the biggest thing, the biggest benefit to Sea Deck, well, there's two. One is, you know, you're walking on cushion all day. All day. So your legs don't Feels hurt. Good. Your back don't hurt. Um, the other benefit is when it rains, when once it quits raining in about 30 minutes, that sea deck will be completely dry. Really? So you don't have to worry about sitting down, getting a wet butt. You don't have to worry about bringing your boat back to your garage and, and parking it and the floor staying wet for two weeks. 
Um, the benefits are amazing. And like I said, there, I don't, I don't think I'll ever own another boat that has carpet in it. Yeah. Sea decks. Saltwater anglers love sea deck. We've loved oh, yeah, it for, for sure. way before it got into bass boats. It, it was, it was on my flats boat on the, on the polling platform and then the, and uh, the front platform at all times. Cause it's just, it's so much quieter too. Yep. You can kind of move around and not spook redfish and stuff like that. So it's awesome. And you're starting to see more and more of the glass boats. Yeah. Transition over to that sea deck for sure. Yeah. So let's talk about Pickwick. First win of your career. Uh, did, did you, I'm going to ask a few questions. Did you have a good practice? And then at what point in time did it finally, did it click in? I'm, I'm going to win this. And did it, <laughs> did it change the way you were fishing or did you go in and just. That point of that clicking in that I'm going to win this, that never happened. It didn't. Oh, no. really? So <clears throat> practice, practice wasn't what I want to say good. Yeah. Um, you know, I had an area which is, was in one of the biggest community holes at Pickwick. Right. And the lake was down. I don't remember what it was about six foot below winter pool. Um, so I seen things on Pickwick that I never even knew were there. Yeah. Um, it was really kind of scary running around on the lake. So I found this area that it, it had a lot of high spots in it. It had some underwater grass and I don't know if that was milfoil or hydrilla or whatever it was. Um, but on the high spots, there was a lot of isolated stumps. Um, and I could go up through there and I could pitch a jig to the grass line, you know, either a green pumpkin or a black and blue. And I could get some bites, but the deal that I thought I was going to do was I was pitching a jig to those isolated stumps. And when I get a bite, it'd be a big one. So I thought, you know, between the grass and the isolated stumps, um, I should be able to do good. And then I had a little dot deal going um, that was kind of going to be the backup plan. Um, but the, the, the whole benefit to that was it was all in about a three mile stretch. Um, so I wasn't stretched out. You know what I mean? I just could generally bounce around in there. Well, then the gates of hell opened up and water came from everywhere. Um, you know, and I was actually one of the anglers that said, Hey, look, we may want to consider canceling this and rescheduling it. Cause, um, it was bad. I mean, there yeah. was trees coming down and it was chocolate milk and, you know, fortunately bass made the call they made and we sat out a couple days and, um, very first day of the tournament, I run to the area where the grass is and the isolated stumps. I just had to see, you know, am I going to be able to do this? So I got out there and I could not go forward on the troll motor. I mean, I say that, I mean, you could creep, but it, you'd have to be on a hundred. I mean, there was that much current that you just you couldn't make any headway. So me being a river rat growing up on the Ohio river, seeing those conditions a million times, I just, I stopped for a second. And I said to myself, where in the heck did these fish go that were out here? And there was an island right there um, to the right of me. And I thought, I mean, they got to go right there. The whole island was big lay down trees that were completely dry in practice. And now they got, you know, five or six foot of water on them. Um, so the very first tree that I pulled up to and I pitched my jig in there, I got a bite and I missed that fish. So the second tree I come to, I catch a four pounder. The next tree I go to, I catch a four pounder. The next tree I go to, I catch a four pounder. The next thing I know, I got whatever I weighed in that day, 20 pounds or some, and some change. Um, so now I'm thinking, Oh boy, you might've figured something out. Yeah. Um, so the second day I run there, start on the Island. I catch me 20 pounds real quick. And then I go start flipping reeds. Um, and I catch two big ones to get me almost to 24. Um, so now I'm thinking, all right, I got a reed deal going. I got an Island deal going. I hadn't even been to my docks yet. 
Um, so the third day I go to um, the island and I catch, I don't know, 15 or 16 pounds. Um, and then I run and start fishing docks because the water had started falling. Um, so I couldn't get bit in the reeds. And I caught a four pounder off of a dock and some other ones that didn't help. But that put me at like right at almost 18 pounds, 17 and some change. The fourth day, they dropped the bottom out of it. I mean, most of the trees I were fishing were almost dry and the wind had blew on my stuff all night long. So it had to water turned to basically red clay mud. Um, and for everybody that watched, you all see me pull the plug about 30 minutes into it and say, let's go fishing. You know, and I also had a bluff swing, like a, a bluffs, you know, Pickwick's got some bluffs on it. And I had a deal going on some bluffs. Um, in practice and i'd actually fished the bluffs on the second and third day and i never had a bite on them it's almost like god was saving those fish for me on the fourth day hmm. um you know so i scratched my deal i went and flipped docks i finally caught i think i caught one keeper off of the docks and i went to the bluffs you know the water's falling the bluffs are going to have all the water on them maybe some fish pulled to those and fortunately the first bluff i pulled up on i caught one and i caught another and i caught Number three, you know what I mean? So now at this point, you know, I'm getting calmed down. Um, and I was actually had a stretch of docks um, that I hadn't fished yet. They were in between two of the bluffs I was fishing. So instead of running from one bluff to the next, I just fished my way up through there on the docks. And uh, thank God I did because the first dock I pulled up to, I catch one that gives me number four. And then I catch that big in that eight, five or whatever the heck it weighed. Um, looked like it was a 10 pounder when I caught it. Um, but still at that point, you know, the fish I had in the box, they were like three pounders and I thought they were only like two pounders. Um, so I really truly didn't think I had a shot. You know I mean? Here we are, we're gonna finish second again. We're gonna let another one slip away. Um, and then right at the end of the day, I caught what I felt like was a true three pounder, right? I mean, I got him in my hand. I'm thinking, all right, I got to call. So I get in that box and I start to call and I'm like, dude, these fish are a lot better than I thought. But still at that point, you know, in your head, you think, I'm going to come up a little short, you know. So I run back up to the dock, um, and there was two things that maybe clued me in on I had a shot to win. was Jennifer and the kids came down on the dock, and I could tell that they'd been crying all day long. You know what I mean? They're, they're all, I'm texting you. They're crying. Their fisher's crying. My daughter hops in the boat, hugs me, fisher does, and it's just – it's a big damn cry fest, you know, and, and Matt Heron and I are practice partners. You know, a lot of you know that. And uh, he said if I had a chance to win, he'd still be there, you know, because he was going to load his camper up and go home. And uh, sure enough, there he is. So now I'm thinking, oh, boy, I really got a shot, you know. So typically when you put your fish in your bag and, and get them up there to the to the behind the tank, you know, in the weigh-in tanks, um, your fish are in a mesh bag so you can lift them up and tell about, how much weight you got right well that big fish that i caught she was real she was a big framed fish she was really really long um so i didn't want to put her in the same bag with them other four so i actually put them in separate bags and carried them up there so i never got to feel the true weight of my mesh bag until right before i went up on stage the bass staff came back there and combined all my fish into one bag you know and you always roll your bag up and dunk it down in the water so everything's wet when i lifted it up out of there i thought oh my gosh <laughs> at that point i knew i needed like 18 and some change to win and i'm like man this truly truly feels like 20 pounds um 
and I thought I was going to puke right there in the tank. Um, so I go up there and weigh him in, and yeah, I had 20 pounds and some change, and um, it's a long time coming, and going to be one of those moments that you never forget. Sorry to do this, and how cool is that, that uh, uh, Mr. Bash, you might not know Matt. Matt is the most honest person it well they're all i mean i'm not saying you're not honest bill it, you can ask matt anything any controversial question he has got an answer for you you might not like the answer you, but you're he's not gonna like the answer he's gonna yeah. he's gonna tell you how it is how cool is it that matt stays and brandon stays to congratulate you and then the family is all up there and then you i mean you get a text from all of us afterwards. I mean, I'm text. I think I texted you while you were backstage. I was like, "You got this! I can't believe it!" How cool is that? How how great is it after that? I mean, the family was awesome. It was an awesome experience. I imagine. I knew it would be crazy after you won an event, um, but I truly didn't have any idea how crazy it would be. You know, when I got back to the camper that night, I had like 250 text messages on my phone. And hell, at that point, I didn't even think I knew 250 people. <laughs> you know? So I, yeah. I stayed up and answered every single one of their messages, you know what I mean, or at least commented back on it. Yeah. And then the next morning I get up, there's like 100 more, right? <laughs> and I answer all those. But from, so that would have been on Tuesday. From Wednesday to Wednesday, one complete week was from the time you got up till the time you went to bed podcast radio shows interviews and i was like oh my goodness um you know i'm not complaining look i'll take it again um, but i really truly had no idea how involved that a win would be um and what it did for me was open my eyes up to truly how many fans i have in the sport or how many people are truly watching what i'm doing um and to me that was a big big eye opener um you know because i just i mean look i've said this a million times I don't feel like a professional angler. Um, when I started this in my career, I never once said I want to be the best angler in the world. I've always said, you've heard me say it a million times, that I want to be the best ambassador for the sport that I can be. Um, and then for me to know that there's that many people that you know are my fans and watching, um, it was really awesome. Well, I think that's why. I think that's why so many people were so happy for you because you are such an amazing ambassador. <laughs> of the sport. And, uh, I mean, it's just like the enthusiasm Steve just showed there. We were all so excited, so pumped up, so motivated for you. It was just, it was just amazing. You know, I've had so many people come up to me that I don't even know. Um, and you know, Hey, congratulate me and say, I owe you one, man. You made me cry. You know what I mean? So if I truly learned anything is that I made the whole fishing community cry. Yeah, I was crying on that tournament for sure. I'm sure Steve was as well. You know, another thing about that tournament is for the year, for the season, I think it was the best TV experience. I agree. It was, it was just an amazing TV tournament. I mean, it, with all the crazy high water and Kennedy up there fighting the Rapids and you winning this thing and doing all, I mean, it, it was ju it was just great TV. It was it was just a fantastic experience for a fan. Yeah, I've heard that. I've heard that about from everybody that watched it. Um, you know, and then I go back and watch it myself because you know you want to go back and critique yourself on what you did right or what you did wrong. Sure. Um, and it was like, wow, this is unbelievable just to sit back and watch how it kind of all unfolded. Um, 
you know, and Bass does a great job at, at capturing all those moments. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, it was amazing. Um, you know, it's going to be one of them events you never forget, and especially catching that big one, you know, because typically for me, I'm not the guy that gets that big bite. You know, I'm the guy that 12 pound you to death. Um, and that seems like, you know, in all the second place finishes I've ever had, <clears throat> or all the events that I've done really well in, um, I've always been void of that big bite. You know what I mean? I'm just that guy that doesn't get that big bite. <clears throat> and uh, thank God this week or that week, I got the big bite. Yeah. No doubt. No doubt. How, how important is it to have the support of Jennifer and the kids at the events uh, when you have good days and bad days there with you? How does that motivate you or help you get you through the, the normal grind of tournament fishing? My daughter's standing behind the TV right now. Is she? The screen, sticking her tongue out at me. I <laughs> said hello. Yeah. So, you know, what that does for me is, is I'll, I'll be honest with you, I don't know if I could do it if they weren't with me, you know what I mean? Um, Cause I wouldn't want to get that phone call. Hey dad, when are you coming home? Yeah. You know, so like I said earlier is I'm very fortunate. They get to travel all over the country with me. We travel in an RV. Um, we camp everywhere we go. Kids are homeschooled. Jennifer homeschools them. Um, and they don't know any different. I mean, from the time they were both born, um, they've been on the road. Um, so to them, this is their lifestyle, you know? Um, but like I said, I'm blessed that they get to travel with me. And, you know, for me, regardless of if I have a good day or a bad day, they don't care. You know what I mean? All they're happy to see is that dad's home, you know, or dad's back at the dock. Um, you know, and I, I guess I truly didn't know how much that win meant to them as well. Because um, you just, it's something you don't think about, you know what I mean? Um, but the night before I actually win the event, uh, my son Fisher asked me, Hey dad, have you ever done this good since I've been alive? You know what I mean? So just to know that they're as much involved in it as I am. Um, <clears throat> like I said, I'm just blessed for them to be able to travel with me. Jennifer, I can't, I mean, she does so much to just let me go, um, and do what I do. I just, you know, I'll never be able to thank her enough for the things that she does behind the scenes that, um, you married up, her, man. But, not only her, but all the all the other bass wives. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, so much goes into this that um, a lot of people they just don't realize it. Yeah, yeah, I know that. It, <laughs> Fisher's a pretty stud angler. I'm already seeing. He, he loves it. Oh, absolutely! Um, <laughs> I love that. I think he'd rather fish than anything. Um, you know, doesn't matter. Like I said, they all love the deer hunt. They all love the duck hunt. Um, I got my hands full. Yeah. yeah. It's all right though, man. It's all oh, right. It's all good. Yeah. It is. It's great. Hey, before we let you go, Bill, um, one thing I wanted to uh, ask you about and uh, Steve, Steve asked me if, if I knew uh, Matt Heron, I don't know him that well, but I was marshal for him once over on uh, Table Rock Lake. And uh, I, I noticed that uh, he does a lot of uh, building his own lures. He's hand tying skirts and he's doing all kinds of stuff. And I know you do a lot of that as well with lure parts online and you got a lot of signature lures and, and stuff. And I wanted to talk a little bit about that. If you would share with us, you know, uh, most of our audience here, we are all addicted to fishing tackle. We love fishing tackle. And, uh, um, but I, I never realized until I started doing opens and doing martial stuff and kind of, yeah observing pros 
I never, it never occurred to me how much you guys tweak and build and tinker and create your own stuff and modify other existing lures. And it's just, it's just continuous. And uh, that was another kind of mind blowing thing, you know, light bulb moment for me. It's like, wow, they don't just buy stock stuff and fish with stock stuff. They actually make a lot of their own stuff. And you've got your signature swim jig and you got all kinds of, uh, you're obviously a big jig fisherman. But uh, for guys who have not done this kind of thing, uh, what's what's that all about? So once again, growing up on the Ohio River, um, you know, it always seemed like you had to tinker with your baits, do something different. You know, that's where my love of balsa crankbaits came into play. Um, but you were just always trying to do something different than the other guy was doing. Um, and, and it was always like, you know, everybody always thought you had some secret bait, you know what I mean? But you were basically probably using the same exact baits that they're using. You just, maybe you're fishing in a little different way, or maybe two, you've modified it a little bit, you know, with hooks, trailers, skirts, whatever that may be. Um, so for me, a long time ago, um, I learned how to start tinkering with stuff and build my own stuff and pour my own jig heads and things like that. And I was very fortunate to get hooked up with lure parts online um you know because they wanted to kind of take their their bass side to the next level um, so what are they for those who don't know i'm sorry what did you say so so what is lure parts online for those who so, don't know So lure parts online is a components company okay you call up lure parts online regardless of what you want to build spinner baits buzz baits jigs musky lures crappie stuff fly fishing rods um they're a components company so if you're into that you can call them up and get whatever you want to build basically whatever you want. You know, our slogan's always build, build better baits. Um, you know, but for me, it's like you can build what you want. You know I mean? A lot of times you walk into the store and you can't get what you want, but right. lure parts, you can build exactly what you want. You know, you mentioned my signature series um, of stuff. I got a signature series flipping jig, which is what the jig I used at Pickwick when I won in a three eighths of an ounce. Um, I got a signature series. We call it a finesse jig, but to me, it's more like a finesse flipping jig. Um, we got a swim jig, uh, quarter and three eighths. Um, we got a head that I call a slip shad head. It's designed for swimming, fishing mm -hmm. swim baits with a treble hook. Um, and the beauty of that is, is let's say you call up and order a pack of my half ounce flipping heads. Okay. There'll be three that come in a pack. And then I have a whole signature series line of skirts that are my favorite colors that I use, you know, everywhere I go in the country. Mm -hmm. You get your skirts, you get three in a pack of that. So you get three heads, three skirts. And when it's all said and done and you build your three skirts, you get about, I mean, realistically, you get about three jigs for the price of one nowadays. You can't go buy a good quality jig for, you know, under four or five bucks. Yeah. Um, I mean, things are just expensive, but. I put all the details into my signature series stuff that I feel like were things that guys are trying to tweak, you know what I mean? By wire keepers and, and, and I didn't want to build anything for lure parts where when you got it out of the pack, you had to do something to it or modify it. You know, I wanted it the way that I would fish it. So when you get it out of the pack, it's ready to go. Um, and that comes from hooks, weed guards, um, keepers, um, same with my skirts. I didn't want you to have to do anything to them. Um, except put them together and go fish. Um, and for fishermen, that's huge, you know, mm -hmm. but to have the ability um, to build exactly what you want um, for any condition um, and get it at the right price that you want, um, to me, that's huge. 
Yeah. Heck yeah. I, I, and uh, I, I've really enjoyed your stuff. I've got a lot of your swim jigs and uh, I've got, I've got a couple of your castaway swim jig rods as well. Um, back in the day. I, yeah. Back, back in the, in the day. day. Yeah. I'm, I'm still, I'm still using those. Uh, one thing I wanted to ask you, this is a selfish question. I'm going to be up at the Mississippi River, Wisconsin next week. <laughs> I, I hear it. Before. What colors yeah. and what are you going to yeah. use? What swim, jig, what, what swim jig would you be throwing the, uh, this time of year? What kind of jig? You know, I think, and it's funny, I always say this, the Mississippi River and fish up there see so many swim jigs that they think it's a natural food source. Yeah. You know I, mean? <laughs> I think the bass up there say, all right, the swim jigs are spawning. Let's go get them. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Um, you know, for me up there, that water is, and I don't know how much time you've spent up there, that water's really tannicky to me and black mm -hmm. almost. Mm, um, yeah. It's that clear black, almost kind of like being in Florida. Mm -hmm. um, so your darker colors are, are going to be really good. You know, your black, black and blue. blue. Um, one of my favorite <laughs> colors up there is Junebug. Uh, ah. Junebug skirt with mm. some blue flash in it, which is one of my signature series colors at Lure Parts Online. Heck yeah. Um, so I use a June bug skirt, a June bug trailer, whether that be a Strike King Menace or a Rage Crawl. Um, just a regular single tail June bug grub would be really good. Um, but for whatever reason, they like June bug up there. Um, and it seems like for me, every time I go up there in the fall, um, black, blue, and purple works really good. Whether you're swimming a jig or flipping a jig, um, frog bite ought to be really good up there right now. Um, you know, that's just a good good place to, to go catch them, you know, have Heck a small yeah. mouth and large mouth. And you know what Heck I love yeah. about that place so much is you might pull up on a spot and catch a three pound small mouth and the next cast catch a three pound large mouth. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's just a unique place and it's one of my absolute favorite places to fish. Awesome. Uh, one last question for you real quick. And that is what kind of an action rod do you like for swim jig fishing? So, you know, you got, one of my old swim jig rods. We're actually yeah. been working with Lou's on one right now. Um, Sweet. I don't know where that's going to go. All I know is I got one that's truly amazing. Um, <clears throat> you know, and I probably like a little longer swim jig rod than most guys like. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I know a lot of guys like like a seven footer or a seven one or a seven two. I like a seven six flipping rod. I oh, mean, really? a swim jig rod. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of your swim jigs are, 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 you know, you're out there stretched out pretty good. I want a long rod so I can move a lot of that line. Um, I typically swim on 30 pound braid, uh, high, uh, smack down braid from Seaguar. Um, okay. You know, it's typically what I'm swimming on. Um, mm -hmm. I know a lot of guys say, well, why do you want 30 or 40 pound braid instead of 65? You know, and I've always been that guy, whether you're fishing braid or flipping with fluorocarbon, um, whatever that may be. I've always been the guy that says I try to use the lightest line that I can get away with. Mm. Um, okay. So what that does is you get the most action out of your bait that you're, that you're using. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I feel like the more action you can get, the more bites you're going to get. Um, mm -hmm. With that being said, don't go so light that you're going to hurt yourself. Okay. So for me, typically when I'm swim jig fishing, 30 to 40 pound braid, um, like I said, cigar smackdown. Um, the other key is, is a high speed reel. You know, I like a team lose light, 7.1, 7.5, something along that higher speed. I'm not a big fan of 8.5s or anything like that. But the rod to me is the most important thing. Um, and what I always say about rod action for me is it's almost like a heavy action spinnerbait rod. Okay. I always call my swim jig rod an 80-20 rod where it's 80% backbone and 20% mm -hmm. tip. 
Mm -hmm. I want a softer tip on that rod. You know, when you're swim jig fishing and you're shaking that rod all day long, uh, yeah. at the end of the day, you're wore out. I mean, back yeah. in the day when I used to swim on a true flipping rod, I'd be wore out. So by having that softer tip, you can actually just shake your wrist and get that rod tip going and let yeah. that rod tip do the work for you. Mm -hmm. The other benefit of having that soft tip is when them fish come out there and get it, especially on braid, it lets them fish get it because the tip of the rod will just give the give the bait to the fish. You have less tendency to pull the bait away from the fish. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then by having that 80% backbone, when you go to load that rod up, um, it's all backbone and you get a really good hook set. Um, you know, so that's kind of the way I've designed my uh, swim jig rod or the way I, that I like my swim jig rod to be. Um, and once again, it'd be almost comparable to uh, a heavy action spinnerbait rod. Gotcha. Yeah, I, I wanted to bring that up because I knew that about about your rods, and uh, I think some guys uh, who aren't as experienced that would kind of surprise them a little bit. Yeah, you know, like I said, a lot of guys don't like a rod that's that long, but that's kind of what I grew up. I grew up swimming on a true flipping rod, um, and I just you know grew accustomed to having that little bit longer of a rod. Um, you know, a lot of guys that have always said, "Man, that rod's too long for me." Once they use that rod with that action, they're like, "Oh man, I really like this." Yeah, yeah. Uh, what what do you think about the old chatterbait versus uh, swim jig uh, deal? Uh, yeah, I know that's like a big talk all the time, and guys ask, you know, how do you decide swim jig versus chatterbait? Um, mm -hmm. and, and for me, it's typically got to do with um, water color and pressure. You know, what I mean, if I feel like there's a lot of stain in the water, um, I'll go with the bladed jig. You know, just for the vibration and things like mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. And I feel like if there's a lot of pressure in an area, the swim jig is going to do so much better than a bladed jig just because it's, it's more subtle. It doesn't have any flash, doesn't have much vibration. Um, and I just like the fact that, you know, that subtleness um, in pressured water, I feel like it's going to get you a lot more bites. Um, I mean, but with that being said, fish don't read the same books we read. They don't listen to nothing we say. Um, <laughs> there'll be days yeah. when you'll catch a month off chatterbait and gin clear water. Yeah, um, yeah. So, um, what about uh, what about the the new stealthy uh, uh, bladed jigs that are coming out? You know, with the clear blades and stuff like that. Have you fished with any of those yet, or got an opinion you know, on any of those? I've I've tried that with that plastic blade on it, mm -hmm. and it's really stealthy. You know, I mean, it almost doesn't feel like it's doing anything at all. Mm. Um, which goes back to that's almost kind of like a swim jig. You know what I mean? Um, mm -hmm, yeah, it's going to mm -hmm. have a little bit more vibration than a swim jig, but. Um, once again, that's just an, another tool to have in your in your toolbox, you know? Heck yeah. Uh, I think there's a time and a place for that, um, for sure, without a doubt. But once again, I haven't uh, haven't played with that a lot yet. Yeah, it depends on the the the, the, the pressured ponds really has a, a big influence on chatterbait fishing. If it, if you've got a really pressured place, chatterbaits can catch fish of all at all times but it seems like they just the bass kind of shy away from them a lot of times i think because they've just seen it too much i think that's a lot with a lot of baits you know yeah I mean? they I hear it that's what, i think that's why baits that we used to catch them on 20 years ago all of a sudden starts catching them again just because they haven't seen it in so long yeah well i i have to say we appreciate the time uh i know that you're coming down to harris chain and i'm just saying right now Bring the family over for dinner one night. 
uh, because I'm 10 minutes from that place. Right. Just, right. I'm just saying right now, I'll make, I'll, I'll, I'll feed the whole family. Can you hear her back there yelling? Yeah, I can. I, I she said, great, I'm coming. I don't have yeah. to cook that night. Jennifer, come over, meet Sonia. It would be great. Awesome, awesome. Uh, but before we say goodbye, we need to make sure, everyone, you need to go check out uh, Bill on his website and Facebook and Instagram, all that stuff. But we need to make sure we give a little bit of credit to his amazing sponsors because it would not be fair to not do that. And those uh -oh. sponsors include Hummingbird, Minn Kota, Brad Dreyer, Yamaha. Well, Brad Dreyer, Yamaha. We should, you want to, we should, next time we talk, we should tell some secrets of, to each other about Brad Dreyer. Just, just throwing that out there. <laughs> and I know he's watching. I know yeah. he's watching. Does he set you up tonight? Yeah. I mean, really, what the hell is he doing? Have you ever been over? Well, I'll ask that later. Uh, Luz, <laughs> TH Marine, Strike King, Optima Batteries. Is it Ima Lures? It is, yep. Yeah. Uh, Weedas Marine, Gros Savant. How great is that place to go fish? Uh, it's all right. It Shut your mouth. <laughs> hey, it's, an, it's like Disney World for fishing. It is. Uh, Rains Fishing. Optima Bates, uh, I can't, don't even know this. Hayab USA? Hayabusa? Hayabusa. Hi, oh, that one is. Hayabusa. I, I, yeah. hooks. I butchered that you one. You gotta have good hooks to catch hooks. fish. That's true. Those are Japanese hooks, man. Line Parts Online, Express Boats, Peach Custom Lures, Mossy Oak Fishing, Drake, Talon, Mammoth uh, Coolers, Sea Deck, and one of the best lines out there, Seagar. Go check out them. Tell me you saw Bill on the, the stream. Uh, we really do appreciate the time. You know that. Hey, I appreciate y'all having me. Thank you, Bill. We got to uh, do this. We got to do this a little bit more often. We talk, and then we. It seems like we never. We talk and just see each other, and then talk about everything, and never do it online. Hey, look. All you got to do is call. I know. I don't ever say no. I. You never do. Oh no, you did say no that one time you were in Michigan fishing. Well, that's a little different, you know? I'm like, I wanted to know what was going on, though. You didn't give me an opportunity to say, unless there's a conflict. Yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> well, we had, I think we ended up talking for like two hours, or we had we talked through Brad as you guys were fishing. Right? Yeah. Okay, well, we really do appreciate the time with you, man, and uh, thank you very much. We're going to say goodbye to you. Mr. Bass can say goodbye, and we'll... We're going to talk about some other stuff that. Well, I appreciate it. And like I said, I've seen a bunch of messages on here that I know we didn't answer. So anybody's got any questions, just send them to me on Facebook and I'll answer them to the best of my abilities. Awesome. Right on. Thanks, Bill. You're a real all inspiration. Right, guys, have a good night. Later, You're dude. You're a real inspiration to us all. We appreciate it. Have a great night. I have wow. to say, I'm just going to say this. I think that was better than Jacob Wheeler. I do too. That was a great show. It was a great show. Uh, it really was. He 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 was just awesome. One of the nicest people. Oh my god! Look how big we are. Oh, there you go. One you of go. the nicest people of all time on the tour. I mean, really, in exceptionally nice. He is a great guy, and uh, you know, I love talking technique with him. I, w I wish I had done more of that because the guy is such a skilled angler and you guys that li those little nuggets he gave you about fishing the swim jig, man, he's a master at swim jig fishing. Uh, you need to go back and watch that over again. Uh, you can learn a ton from him. Uh, 
you know, the, the win at pick was pickwick was just amazing. Uh, but I think sometimes we overlook just how difficult, challenging and amazing it is for a guy to qualify for the elite 16 years in a row, mm-hmm. year after year after year, he does it. And, uh, it, it, it's, it's a pretty, pretty awesome thing for sure. Pretty, pretty I amazing. Sh- I know we have like three or four weeks planned, but I have to be honest. I've, uh, when he started talking about Matt Heron, we need to have Matt Heron on here. Yeah, we ought to. Uh, I mean, uh, so I'll, t- I'll just tell a story. I ran into Matt three years ago when the Major League Fishing ordeal was going on. And Matt blew my head off for like three hours of all the ups and downs of Major League Fishing. And, and literally, I had my camera there and I was like, Filming and filming and filming. My battery died. I put a new battery in. I'm like filming, filming, filming. And then I'm like, I'll never be able to use any of this. It'll get him in so much trouble. But it was he's he's he has an opinion about everything. <laughs> I'm not joking. <laughs> everything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I'm gonna really reach does. out to him tomorrow. So George, yes, you can buy his jigs. Go to lurepartsonline.com and uh all his jigs are there. Her skirt, skirts are there, and uh, that's another thing, guys. If you're if you're trying to find uh, ways to get more for your dollar, fishing dollar, when it comes to buying fishing lures, uh, Tackle Warehouse is not always the best place to go. I mean, let's face it; we all love Tackle Warehouse, but places yeah. like Lure Parts mm-hmm. Online, if you're willing to put some stuff together and put your own skirts on jigs and stuff like that, man, pretty awesome. Pretty awesome stuff. Yeah. Just that was that was better than I thought, and I a, love Bill. It was actually it was a great show, great. I mean, he he was just a great guest, and uh, you can tell he really loves fishing, and he's a really good dude. So, I'll, why don't we just say it right now? We have next week's completely lined up. Do you want to tell everybody who's on next week? Uh, why don't you tell? Uh, you I know, don't, I don't mind. I called and talked to him. I then right, called okay. you. So you can say it. Okay. Well, there's this guy. Uh, he he fishes. A yeah, a little guy. He fishes here and there. You know, does a little fishing. Uh, every once in a while, he wins a classic or two. Yeah. Uh, in a row. Know. Yeah, in a row. <laughs> and uh, so Ch- Hank Cherry, the the jerk bait man himself, uh, has agreed to hop on the show next week. So we are pretty excited. Uh, Steve uh, has has. Nailed him down, and he's he's definitely agreed to come on, and we are super excited to have Hank Cherry, the winner of the Bass Masters Classic in 2021 and 2020. Yeah, it should be good. I haven't talked to uh, – I saw Hank uh, – I, I, have, I have stories about pretty much everybody, but a couple of years ago he was uh, getting out at St. John's, and he was having – he didn't have a marshal. He didn't have anybody helping him, and he was trying to put his fish in, in the bag – and they kept like bouncing all over and I was filming it. And then I looked at him and I said, Hey, do you want my help? And he's like, Oh, you've been sitting there, Steve, for this, t- this amount of time. Of course I want your help. Why <laughs> didn't you get on the boat? I'm like, okay. So I hopped on the boat. He put the fish in and then I'm like, Hey, can we do an interview? He's like, of course, I'll see you in a few minutes. He got on the, got off the boat, weighed his fish. I went and saw Brandon card and was talking to him. Hank walks by me, gets in his boat and left. And I'm like, so then I'm texting. I'm like, what the hell, dude? Where did you go? He's like, oh, just meet me at the, 
the hotel. I'm like, oh, no, no, I'll see you tomorrow. Don't worry about it. So I got to give him a little bit of hell about that next when we see him next week. Heck, yeah. Another great dude, too, by the way. Another great dude. Yeah, and uh, he is a great fisherman as well. I mean, you don't you don't win one classic, let alone two in a row, without uh, being a heck of a stick. All he does is win classics. That's right. That's all. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, if you're gonna win one, you might as well win the biggest. Yeah, you may as well. Why not? What the hell? Uh, so yeah, that should be very, very entertaining. Uh, yeah, in fact, is. in fact, if any of you guys have questions uh, that you'd like for us to ask him, uh, you could shoot me an email or shoot Steve an email. Uh, here, I got our email addresses. I can put them on the screen here. Here's Steve's. What's mine? Oh yeah, that is mine. <laughs> F F R Steve at gmail.com. Uh, or in fact, why don't you just send them all to Steve? And uh, instead of having two uh, two email addresses, and uh, then then we'll uh, Steve's behind the scenes. He controls everything anyway, so it'll we, all be perfect. We, we actually have like three weeks already booked. Yeah, we, we got we got some good shows lined up, don't we? Yeah, th- the next three weeks are three weeks are filled. Yeah, and yes, yeah, spam Steve. Thanks a lot, Sean. <laughs> spam <Yeah>. Steve. That's exact. <laughs> I already get those things as is. <laughs> uh, Man, Sean, you know me. You figured it, me out. It'll mm. be Hank is going to be great, and then the two after are going to be exceptional. Exceptional. I've hammered. I I know. I've hammered down all three. So, but now I, I kind of want Matt Heron to be on one of them before then. Yeah, we ought to get Matt in. Yeah, booster. That's what I'm fishing. Kayak tournament. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me, t- tell me what's going on, man. What, I, I saw the new, you had a new unboxing, the dark horse. Yeah, I did the dark horse tackle. Yes. And uh, let's see. I recorded the. I recorded one today for the Champions Club. How is that one? Just a, is, I mean, I don't spoil it. It's very good this month. Is it's very it good? good. Yeah, very good. Um, I, and, and in fact, I noticed in Bass Baits Monthly and um, Champions Club, they both did an excellent job of putting in lures for the fall fishing. Mm. They did a very good job there. Um, so topwaters, poppers, um, crankbaits, that kind of stuff. So really, really good stuff there. Uh, let's see. I, my six cent super six sacks are on the way. They're not here yet. Uh, I got a couple others coming. The monster bass is not here yet. Uh, the fish tools I've recorded. I don't know if I've posted it yet or not. I haven't seen that one. Uh, and then I got a new one coming. Hendrix fishing or something. Oh, nice. Yeah, I'm going to. It hasn't gotten here yet, but uh, it's supposed to be here any day. And then I got a very big unboxing of tackle warehouse and hookup tackle stuff. I'm creating a video on that uh, tomorrow, probably. Nice, that's good. I had the I posted the monster bass bag today. Normally, I wouldn't post something on a day that we do a stream because I just think that takes away from both of them. Uh, but I kind of felt like I had to do it. Uh, uh, it looks like Texas Huntsman agrees with you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, the, I, I would love to say that, you know, 
I just gave my opinion, but honestly, I've never had more people and more lure companies text me or call me than what I posted today afterwards. Yeah, you guys got to go watch that video. It's it's controversial. Steve's shaking. He's shaking it up. Well, you, you of all things know a little bit more than everybody else because I had to, the oh, truth man. be told, I had to bounce some stuff off of you. Yeah, yeah. I had to rein it back. I had to, I had to, I'd say, oh, big fella, hold on a second here. You, the text you send me back goes, you know, you might want to reconsider <laughs> that tone of voice there. And I'm like, yeah. 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 And then I and then I let it sit. I let it ferment for a, a twenty four hours, and I we rewatched it. I went, "Oh God, I got to take that out. That was mean." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah. the amount of people that t- I, I I probably received twenty eight to thirty texts almost directly after posting that video, and then I got five phone calls from lure companies, five that said, "Thank you for saying this." And we don't sell to monster bass and this and that. And I was like, oh man, I need to, I need to make sure I'm, you know, but you know, it was just my honest opinion and that's just it. Yep. Yep. Everyone's asking for a part two to it though. (laughs) Or put the unedited version of it. I I can't do that. Well, you have said publicly often that, you know, you don't, you don't really, uh, you know, you, you, you wish the best for monster bass and Rick and those guys. And, uh, it's kind of hard when you do YouTube and you're trying to share your honest opinion about things when you kind of start to collide with, with an organization or or, or a company that makes a little, little challenging. Uh, so, you know, and and there's, and there's, there's companies that I work with that you'll never see me, uh, you know, if, if they make something bad, I just don't, I just don't say it. I just don't re- do a yeah, yeah. Do a lure review because mm-hmm. I don't want to say, because, you know, I, I have Shimano, I have tackle webs, I have, you know, a bunch of people and, uh, but they don't normally make a bad product in, in general. So, you know, and I'm not saying Monster Bass makes a bad product. I just think, I just think they're just so much, there's so much roller coaster with what they do. And then finding out and knowing what I know, the, the other really, you want to know what the problem is? I know too much about the back end of how it all works. Right, right, right. And that's and if you say something, then I want you to to live up to that. When you say we're only going to put the best baits in our box or bag or whatever you want to say, and then you put three products that really are not that they're crap, but they're junk. And I question if you don't have a part of the ownership of those places. And then I do know that you're going through a liquidator to get everything else. Then I'm a, that, that really starts to make me question everything. Like we don't put any overstock, but we're buying everything from a liquidator. Isn't that Mm -hmm. overstock? Uh, It it just. Yeah. And it is kind of interesting though, because you and I have kind of, kind of gone back and forth uh, behind the scenes about there are liquidated or, or uh, older lures or lures that maybe uh, you don't buy off the shelf every day, 
that are still awesome. And we talked about, wouldn't it be cool to have an overstock box of the very best stuff that was out there, you know, yeah. like, uh, this one lure that, uh, that I was talking about the Weston lure that you said, Hey, that's an overstock or that's a liquidator or whatever that came in the, uh, mystery tackle box this month. I took that thing out fishing this week and it's freaking amazing. That yeah. Weston spot on top water. I'm like, I got to get some more of those. And I've been online trying to find them. You can actually buy them on the Scandinavian website, but it's, you know, pretty expensive. And plus the shipping's pretty tough. I have Barry looking for some for you. Oh, sweet. Good. But you know, if, if I got a, if I got an overstock box or a liquidation box and it had some of that in there, boy, I'd be all over that. Yeah, well, uh, well like your Weston and your, uh, Live Target and those places, uh, Weston just stopped doing it in the United States. It just didn't have a lot of success, so mm -hmm. they've stopped here. They don't have a, a, a rep here, so any of the baits that are you get from Weston are from somebody who has liquidated them or they're overstocked. Same with Live Target. Live Target just isn't didn't have the success that they wanted to, and the prices of their baits were expensive. So anything that you see in there it, that's Live Target isn't isn't really sold anywhere else anymore unless it's, you know, sometimes you wonder what happens is a lure comes out and they don't do as well. So what they do a lot of times is they buy back the lure to repurpose it or they buy it back to change the, the, the marketing of the lure. So it okay. might have a different box or something else. Okay. So a lot of times those things can be bought back at a really cheap rate. And that's when you see your live targets and those things. But Weston's been out of out of the. Weston had a like a saltwater box. It was the most saltwater and freshwater box. It was by Brent Chapman and Jay Withers, and it was in this beautiful box. And you got it was all made up right. And <clears throat> they had them for Christmas, and they were like sixty or seventy dollars. They just didn't sell any of them because it, it 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 just wasn't what people wanted. It was it was too nice to be honest. Uh -huh. Wow. So, hey, Ma hey, Matthew. Yes, I've got my Doom Rider. It came in a couple of days ago. What is a Doom Rider? It's a, uh, well, I'll go grab it and show it to you. Okay. Hold on a second. You can keep keep it going. Yeah. I like Texas Huntsman. Alex wrote Bates Value $15. $15. That's the, yeah, the, that, to be honest, that drives me crazy. That's the one that really tore me up. I mean, $15 bait, I have, I have no idea uh, how that works. Uh, or, or if it's worth $15 remotely, because when you, then you say it's $15, but then the, uh, two weeks later you have it on your website for 13 or $12. That's really when you just got to, you just want to punch somebody in the face because you're like, why, why where is this going? Why, why would it be $15 in your stupid book? But then you're selling it for $12 on your website. I mean, just really, you want to punch somebody in the face. I want to punch somebody in the face. I'm like, come on, dude. Uh, Somebody come over and let me, I might not hurt. I might punch like a girl, but I want to hit somebody after that. <laughs> uh, this is 86 baits and this is the Doom Rider swim bait. Oh, that looks beautiful. It is beautiful. Uh, these are, you know, just like a lot of these, they're pricey and they're hard to come by. In fact, Matthew, I have a whole, I have a ton of swim baits I've bought that I'm kind of stacking together to do an unboxing video. I'm going to put them all together at once. How and much I'm, was that lure? Uh, I don't remember. Do you remember, Matthew? How much is it? Matthew will put it up on the screen there. 
the Doom Rider. Matthew will put it up there. So beautiful uh, paint job, beautiful paint job. This thing looks so realistic. It looks. I mean, it just looks. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. That, was that lure one hundred and fifty bucks? Uh, well, no. Look what Matthew put up there. That's what it was. What the? F <laughs> what the shit is that? <laughs> Shut your mouth! Shut <laughs> your mouth! <laughs> Dude, if you lose that, I will freak out. <laughs> yeah, that's what it. Uh, Booster said, "Did I see the SpaceX Booster? You know, Booster's been over the house." <laughs> It was the coolest thing today. So when, when it went up, it went in. He knows where I am. I'm in the backyard. It went over the trees, and then it had this unbelievable, like, tail of glow that followed it. I made a little video of it, and uh, it was just awesome to see that SpaceX launch tonight. Not to mention, I, I have the whole house to myself. It is beautiful. That's amazing. <laughs> Now, wow. hey, to, to my credit, uh, kind of in defense here, Matthew added shipping to that price. So it wasn't that expensive. Uh, okay. You got okay. to take the shipping Does anybody off. have a shovel in the, in the, in the comment department? This is is there called, any shovels out there? This color is called Threadfin. I will say it does look awesome. It does, doesn't it? I've lost some baits that are over 1500 <laughs> over. I lost a fifteen hundred dollar bait. That's fifteen fifteen hundred dollars. Yeah, it was a. Uh, there was only seven of them made. Wow. And uh, yeah, look, Booster says he gave you a hundred twenty five dollar swim I, bait. I know. That's pretty sweet itself. That's beautiful. This is the original. What is this one called, Booster? It's got these. It's got the. He doesn't like the bass. The you know, the coloring, but it has the bristles in the back. Man, I think that color is beautiful. He doesn't like that color. He doesn't fish bass colors. Oh, oh I see. <clears throat> I mean, the guy fishes 10 times better than me. So this is the original one before um, a uh, high power herring. There it is. High power herring. Very nice. I gave him a fishing rod. He gave me a lure. Gotcha. Well, there's that fifteen hundred dollar lure there at uh, Tackle Warehouse you can buy. Oh yeah, that's like, like yeah, it's like this long. Yeah, it's made of leather and all that other stuff. Okay, she's asking, did I show everyone the super fancy ones that she bought me? Yeah, let me show you these. These are old old lures uh, that never kind of made it. Uh, um, you you maybe know about these. My wife bought these for me. The Berkeley Frenzy. That's a good uh, bait too. It look it does look pretty good. I mean, uh, but is for it a some deep reason, diver? yeah, this is a deep diver, like fifteen feet. Yeah. It looks like it would dive a lot deeper, but it says it only goes to fifteen. And then she got this top water lure. It's a plug, the frenzy. So I had not heard of Berkeley Frenzy lure, so I had to go look them up. And it was a line of lures that came out like uh, in the mid two thousands, early two thousands to mid two thousands. And uh, it says that Berkeley spent a ton of money on R and D, and uh, you know they, these are high quality baits, but they just never took off. Yeah, and, uh, 
And that's kind of what you were saying about, you know, sometimes a company puts a lure out there and for whatever reason it doesn't sell, maybe they buy it back. I mean, eventually Berkeley just discontinued all these. <clears throat> but how much were they? She's saying one hundred eighty five dollars. For she these said it wasn't one hundred eighty five dollars. <laughs> I can tell you that. <laughs> she bought them at some antique store or something. So some old, uh, you know, she's down in Branson last week. Yep. And oh. if you want to know who another person? If, if we should do a whole one week of just lure stuff, get Bernie Schultz on and let him talk about all the old lures. Yeah, that would be cool. Actually, we should do four people that week, Bernie Schultz and Cousin Ken, because those two fight every time they're online together. Oh, that would be great awesome. to watch. All right, she's saying she paid 11 bucks each. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah. So um, I don't know what I'm going to do with these yet. I thought I might uh, might put them in the buckets. Uh, I kind of want to fish with this top water. Yeah, that top water looks good. This deep diver, I, I, I don't... I don't fish deep around here like that. I do when I go down to like uh, Kentucky Lake and stuff like that, but I don't, I don't do that very often. That's cool. Uh, so how did it go with Debo? I, I got to listen to it afterwards. I couldn't participate, but how was the Debo on Saturday? Oh, um, it was fun. I, I enjoyed it. Uh, in fact, uh, I'm glad you mentioned that because um, I'm going to be on Debo's show this Saturday night. Uh oh can't remember what time his show is. I think it's 7.30 Central. So if any of you guys watch Debo, uh, you're going to be stuck with me again. Sorry about that. Um, but he and I had he and I had fun. Uh, and uh, I'm looking forward, to, looking forward to hanging out with him. That'll be good then. That'll be real good. Because he's got a ton of subscribers. Yeah, he's let got them, a huge, he's got a huge following. Subscribe to him. That's right. He's got a huge following. Yeah, yeah. So you have lots of unboxings you're recording this week. Yeah, yeah. A lot of those. And I've got a few fishing videos I'm going to be posting where I've gone out and uh, caught some fish on a couple of specific lures. I'm doing some of that. In fact, I'm trying something new this week. This week on some of my unboxings, I'm asking people to put in the comments which lure in the box they would like to see me go try to catch a fish with. And I'm going to go try to do some of that. Just mix it up a little bit and yeah, see how that works. I saw some unboxings from our friend uh, No Redemptions Outdoor, Tony. Have you oh, seen yeah. he's doing an unboxing in one minute? Wow. Which uh, well, I've really done good. I've done some of those on uh, some shorts. Oh yeah, unboxing. yeah. But uh, for me, they haven't really. There's not much interest in them. So maybe I, I need to watch the way he does it, and maybe I can figure out how to make it interesting. Yeah, he, uh, you know, he doesn't want, he doesn't get, it doesn't allow him to go into talking. And in the case of me, that would be perfect because then I wouldn't have said anything bad about Monster Bass this month. <laughs> yeah. And, and I should say, I got demonetized on the video for tonight, by the way, today. Oh, why? Uh, I, mm, I can guess why. Well, no, no, I, I put oh. that, I put a thing in there that I talk about. The, the Monster Bass thing, I'm, uh, this is, I only have two months later. Two months left. This was one month. Well, I put the that song "Time to Say Goodbye." That song in the middle. Of it. <laughs> oh, so that's why they demonetized and, you. And I knew that it was going to be more than ten seconds. And I was like, "You want to know what? This is one time I'm not going to worry about it. It's it's pennies as is." Yeah. Uh, I bleeped out the cursing, so they can't get me for cursing. I bleeped yeah. that out. I even bleeped out. I I put the 
the round circle and muddle and, and pixelated my mouth so you couldn't even though you hear bull at the beginning of it so uh it was uh but yeah i knew it was getting demonetized before it was even posted it was do i take that clip out and i thought it was kind of funny to have that the most beautiful song in the world in the middle of one of my videos <laughs> So, so I was like, this is actually, there's a lot of, there's, there's a lot of funny things. I had a whole bunch of, to be honest, I should put the unedited version up because there was a whole bunch of like, I put the, the Talladega, Talladega Nights, please baby Jesus, let does that. And then I did, uh, the other one was, remember when Steve Carell gets waxed? And he's like, no, no. Oh, yeah. and he, uh, so I had a bunch of those clips in my video. And then I was like, okay, it's it's a little bit, might be a little bit too long. And then I was like, okay, I need to, I just need to tone it down a little bit. Thanks, Texas Hunt, Huntsman. Come on, y'all, hit the like button. Yeah, for sure. Like, subscribe, do all of that. Share the love. Hit that like button, man. Get the word out. We appreciate that. So and we got uh, Hank Cherry again next week, which will be fun. You'll be on. So before that, you're going to be on Debo's on Saturday. Then you have your Sunday night stream. Yeah, yeah. Then next Wednesday, we'll have uh, Hank Cherry on. So there's lots of live streams to watch and videos and stuff. And and honestly, if you want to listen to this, from here on out, I am going to put this on the old Fishing Florida Radio Apple podcast starting this week. Heck yeah. So uh, if you want to listen to it on there, I'm going to change the name of the thing. So it'll be the Mr. Basket, your fish on live show. And But it, I don't know how long it takes for that to take over, but I'm going to do that starting here. So if you guys want to listen to this just as a a, a, vi um, a video, um, um, a regular podcast without video, it'll be on the Apple iTunes stuff too as a free download. Yep. Cool. Cool, cool. cool. Okay. All right. What time are we? We're nine thirty-nine. Ten thirty-nine for you. Yeah. It, yeah. So it'll be uh, a a lot of fun. Uh, so I went. I I haven't told you this. I went fishing the other day and uh, decided I was going to just sneak out. Uh, it was starting to rain, so I'm like, I had edited all these kids' videos, and I I was just like, kitty. I needed to get out of my head of all the music, the kid music I was listening to. So I was like, I'm going fishing at the frog pond. I go over to the frog pond every like four steps. These giant frogs were jumping over my feet. Really? And I'm like, Oh, I am going to absolutely smash these fish. So I hit the GoPro, beep, 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 start filming it. I filmed the frogs jumping over my feet. I sit out there for like 45 minutes I catch 22 fish in 45 minutes. Wow. That's fun. The stupid GoPro didn't get one of them. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, beautiful. I hit, beautiful. The I hit the button, heard it start, and it had an error on the SD card, and it shut itself down and never, never. That sucks. It, it, it was it was horrible, but it was it's it was so beautiful because it was starting to rain, and uh, the pond was just it was just perfect for fishing. It was just everything I wanted, uh, and and it was so nice to get out there and just start throwing up. I was throwing a a noose. I think I got one of these. They sent a bunch of these to me 
Scum Frog, the new trophy series. Oh, I love those frogs. So I love these, Scum Frogs. So these ones are the these ones are the new ones mm -hmm. that are like this is the most collapsible frog I've ever seen in my life, and it's the popping one. Yeah, so, yeah. So the like problem. Yeah. So yeah. that's part of my unboxing video. I'm going to be oh, doing. You'll love these frogs. I would say the only minor thing behind the frog is they don't really walk really well it, it, that's the one thing i kind of i prefer a frog that walks and will do a little bit of that popping these ones just kind of because the tail is so heavy they kind of just go bloop bloop and make great noises but Sweet. You, can, you can just they're kind of one of those slow frogs you just give them a you know twitch let them go boop, boop, and then just wait till all the ripples of the water go around go away and then hit it again. And the bass were like sitting, positioning themselves and waiting for it to go under. And then as the, the butt end was up, they go blam and really crush them. Oh man. And I was like, that is so much this fun. Is awesome. That's exciting stuff. But of course I didn't get one on film. So Jeez. it probably, probably never happened. You're just making it all up. Yeah. I mean, I, they sent me those, uh, those frogs like right after uh eye cast and and hey I, another I, another yeah. cool thing i got coming up what's that i am getting in the mail another box from get your fish oh, on that's right yeah. oh, gotta, there's a hat one of these hats for you nice tackle webs hat so there was when another that's hat. i i was looking for the box i'm like the box is gone yeah. Uh, so when when I get it, I'm gonna do an unboxing video, and uh, I can't wait to see what you sent me. There's there's the lanyard for the media pass for. Oh, perfect. So I'm in the I'm in the media now. Heck yeah. <laughs> You'll have to when when you go, I'm gonna I'll forward you uh, Christine's uh, email stuff, and then you can just there's a waiver you have to sign, but she'll be. She'll be happy that you're there. Sweet. And it's you wanna know it's a good a good time to meet some of those guys that we'll probably have on here soon. Absolutely. One Absolutely. in particular. Right on, right on. Yeah, so we got some good content coming. And uh what are you doing on your channel now? We talked about mine. What do you got coming up next week? I know you're you're kind of batching it right now. Yeah. I, I to be honest, I have I have finished more closer look videos in the last two weeks than or the last two and a half weeks uh, really and uh you can't imagine uh I, I i my box of like goodies to do has is only isn't as big as normal i had two of these full of stuff that i was doing videos on wow uh and i got most of the stuff done like i sent some of these to you Woohoo! That's right on, right on. Good job. And you know so, what you ought, you know what you ought to do, uh, which I bet the guys would love to see, is you ought to do a behind the scenes video of how you do the closer look videos. I thought about doing that. Um, there, I don't think people realize the, the amount of work that goes into one of those. Yeah, yeah. I, in all honesty, I, I, so I keep a yellow notepad next to me. Uh-huh. And I jot down uh all sorts of stuff. And some that is 
important and some that isn't. So like this is, so when I start doing a, a closer look, I start jotting down what I think the, the lure is like, this is, this is the script that I read during the mini. This is the mini. Oh, there's a couple mini maxes in yours too. Oh, sweet. And some of it's on stuff that they like, I'll email, um, Z man and go, well, you know, I'm, I'm doing this. Can you tell me, I know they're not available yet, but how many colors are there? Blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And then when I put the bait in the water, there's, there's, so as soon as the bait comes in, I take pictures of it. I put it in the, the, the little box over here. Uh, hold on. I can actually show you. Hold on. Watch. See that right there? Yeah. That's yeah. my photo booth. And there's the 360 thing. Like you can see, wait, see my camera going around. Oh, nice. Nice. So there's, I do that as soon as, <clears throat> as soon as I get the lures and then go to the spring and then film it and then bring it home and then do the, what I see on the, the script, then record the script. And then all of it comes together inside the closer look. And sometimes it, it I, I've told you this, my first closer looks used to take me four or five, six hours to do. Uh, yeah. They, they, yeah. they don't take that long anymore uh, yeah. because I know how to edit faster. But there were those, those ones that some of those at the beginning, they're hard for me to watch, to be honest. <laughs> Cause I used well, to do all the, all the recording on a phone and be, Oh, you know, this is blah, blah, blah. And then yeah. put it in there. Oh, it was. Yeah. Well, you know, I think uh, people don't realize how much work is involved. There's a ton, just like Frankie's saying here, he's gonna, he's gonna film his tournament this weekend, but then he's like, well, how do I put it on YouTube? It's painful, buddy. If it, if you don't do this naturally, if this isn't something you normally do, it's painful. I can tell you that. And, uh, the one thing I, one little piece of advice I'll give you though, is don't worry about it being perfect. Yes. Just put it, just put it out there. Yeah. Even, even if you, even if you think it's crappy and a year from now you look back and we'll say, well, that was horrible. Uh, it's more about just getting the consistent content out there. That's what really matters. I want to know what Steve has to give his neighbor to use the pool all the time. Truth be told, I feed the neighbor. Oh, perfect. Whatever it takes. And then, I mean, that's, that's smart business. And then you don't have the expense of a pool yourself. Oh, we're, we're in the process of doing that. So this will probably not, I won't have to use it, but Really, uh, the, I go to the spring to use the spring here recently. The Wakiva State Park is around the corner from me. Uh-huh. And the problem with the Wakiva State Park is there's always somebody on a damn kayak after like 8.30. Those so freaking I like kayakers. 8 to 8.30, 8 those damn kayakers. Exactly. Uh, I go from 8 to 8.30 and try to – I hold a rod out with one hand and a GoPro with the other hand and go like – and walk down a dock to get those – those those underwater stuff oh so you put a gopro on a stick and put it under the water yeah it's a selfie stick yeah yeah and then i position it so it's like this yeah yeah and i take my rod and i have my rod and i try to match them up as they go by Ah. and the only problem is is that you have to worry about the depth of where that lure is like you see some of the early ones you see it dive out of the screen for a second (laughs) Yeah. In that case, I got to raise my arm up <laughs> to get the lure to come up. And usually, 
usually when I go to Kiva State Park, I there's a crowd of people that will sit there and watch me uh, film. And and really, if I I, I I should I could have a whole thing on this. They'll start talking to me while I'm filming, and I'll be answering questions. As I'm <laughs> and even though uh, you don't, you don't say, "Hey, look, I'm this is a production here. I know, move yeah. along, move along." And the amount of times that the the uh, the pe- the park rangers will come out of nowhere and be like, "You can't be fishing here," and I'm like, "Okay, look, I know I have a fishing rod and I have a, a lure, but do you really think I'm fishing 24 inches off the end of my rod?" <laughs> And and they and I've had to train them to go. Okay, he's filming something. Uh-huh. Uh, but in a couple, like uh, I don't know if they've shown up yet. It, there's there's a couple of the new ones where there's a giant school of humongous tilapia right there where I'm fi- where I'm doing it. And oh, the tilapia, wow. uh, and I mean you can't. I couldn't see the tilapia, or I'm not really concentrating on what else is in the water. Uh-huh. But as the lure gets in the water, they start coming towards the top. The top, you start coming towards the lure. Uh-huh. Like, You've got to be joking. How cool. And you would never notice it unless you sat down and slow motion the, the video. Wow. That's cool. So there's, I think there was, I think you start to see them in that Mamodi uh, uh, one. You start seeing them in the background there, but they get closer as the stuff goes. So I, I think I only have, I can honestly, I can tell you exactly. I'm working on, uh, I'm working on 113. Wow. 113 of them. I didn't think I had that many. That is crazy. 113 I'm working on right now. So, Jeez. cause there's going to be a time when some of these lures will go through a slow period here soon. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to just be ahead of the game. That's all. Okay. Cool. <laughs> Well, we're, we can kind of sort of wrap it up. Yeah, I think we close. can. Yeah, I think we're close enough. Yeah. Right on. Well, thanks, everybody, for hopping on the show tonight. And, uh, again, thank you, Bill Lowen, for coming and sharing with us. It was great, uh, great to have you on the show as well. Uh, everybody hit that like button. Uh, be sure to tune in, uh, this Saturday night, I'll be on with Debo Sunday night, Mr. Bass live. And then next week, put it on your calendar. Bassmaster classic champion, Hank Cherry will be on the show. It should be a great, great show. Uh, I just, with texted, that, <clears throat> just texted me. Yeah, I texted you Bill's information. All right, right on. Great. Okay, uh, wrap us up, Steve. Remember, take your kid fishing, get your fish on. And what do you say? I say happy fishing. Happy fishing. I wanted you to say it. Happy fishing. See you guys later. See you guys later. Bye-bye. Later. <laughs>